teaser, I have some information from PETA that I'll share later in the show. The nine things no one told you about hunting. Mm. So we'll go through those and we'll get can't to wait. see just how much truth is. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this BS. <laughs> and, and and I will tell you, it's not all BS. Mm. There's There are elements of truth within, within there. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 159, titled, When Antis Attack. Yeah, you know, it, so you're Tim Chelsvik. I'm yeah, Matt Drury. Matt Let's Drury. get that out of the way. Let's get right into it. I hate having these kind of conversations because I feel that oftentimes... The hunting community, it's always like, man, you know, when you guys talk crap about each other, the anti-hunters get that fuel. And I feel like it's kind of like a uh, big government, you know, like it's not always the case. Everybody always government. thinks there's a big conspiracy or there's right, something. Yeah. And we actually did have this happen to us <laughs> and it yeah. is real and it's kind of been a nightmare. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I I think sometimes we create the boogeyman yeah. in PETA or mm. whatever other anti hunting groups are yeah. out there. When really, in this climate, we're kind of we're all talking to our own people Mostly, pretty much. Yeah, like no one's minds are being changed. It's just a, a, every everyone's in their own echo chamber, which I don't think is healthy. But it is what it is. Teaser: I have some information from PETA that I'll share later in the show. The nine things no one told you about hunting. Mm. So we'll go through those and we'll can't get to wait. see just how much truth is. I can't wait to hear this <laughs> BS. And, and and I will tell you, it's not all BS. Mm. There's There are elements of truth within, within there. Um, but so as far as w- w- the antis attacked, we, we received a Facebook, a coordinated Facebook attack uh, last week on a couple posts that went up. They were uh, turkey hunts, Kyle Robinson and Wade Robinson. Each had their own turkey hunts. Were they live? They were live, so there was old videos, right? Or no? Were they actual? I I think it was their their recent their recent hunts. Okay, so the point. edited version went up, you know, so a couple weeks after it took place. I think so, and okay. and so uh, <laughs> Scott and Alan started seeing a bunch of comments, and engagement went way way up, and they were from uh, non native English speakers. And they are from different parts of the world. Usually that's a red flag. And we've Big had time. things like this happen before, not to this extent, but we've definitely had little things happen where they'll come on and comment and you got to see the translation. And it's like, I hope you die. Kind of right, stuff. You're right. like, I thought we picked up a van in South Africa, but and, not the case. And the, the interesting thing is that so many of these comments are extremely physically violent. Yeah. They threaten violence and they sexualize individuals. Which, which, so to kind of backtrack a little bit, you know, females in our hunting community have to deal with this quite it's a bit. It's, it's pretty sad, frankly, but yeah. Taylor's dealt with this a long time and her, a lot of her friends, Kendall Jones or Brittany Kitchen or whoever it might be, they, they, these girls deal with this stuff and it is, it's always, uh, they, they, they never speak. They, they're not going to come on your page and say that kind of stuff to you or me. Right. I think literally in the, 15 years we've been that I've been here one time, two times I've gotten a weird death threat like that, Mm -hmm. but those girls get them all the time. It's really, it's, it's creepy as hell. And it really betrays the sexist nature of the anti-hunting movement 
there it's 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 so bizarre there's such a double standard and i bet if you were to visit these people's websites i bet they're social justice warriors oh, yeah. equality for all yeah, yeah. except if you do the wrong things then you're in not their on their team and you're a fair game <laughs> yeah 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 exactly uh, so just just to give people an idea of the scope of the uh the attacks here so two posts and those posts were shared and 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 the the post the videos were viewed uh, sixteen million eight hundred ninety-seven four hundred sixteen uh, minutes view. Minutes view. Yeah, and that that equates to two hundred and over two hundred eighty-one thousand hours. And this was in the time span of hours. Yeah, it. it, it I mean, it didn't take long. And that was a screenshot of the stats from like that night or the morning, the morning right after. So who knows what they have ended up, what they ended up getting to. Well, yeah. So we had to take, you know, I, I'm, I was out at Big Cedar Lodge, you know, on vacation with the family and, you know, Mark's called me up and I thought, well, that's weird. And I, I really wasn't tied to my phone while I was Uh there. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. And he's like, have you been following these text messages? We got a group text chain internally. I was like, no, what's up? And he told me, I was like, Great. <laughs> That'll teach you for getting out of Dodge. Yeah, yeah. So uh, luckily I had my laptop with me and I jumped on and and tried to help however I could. But that's the, pro- that's the other problem of this whole story is like, good luck getting any help from, you know. There's not big, a telephone number to call Facebook. No, there's no, you know, and even, you know, we got over a million followers on Facebook and we're verified and th- there's literally almost nothing you can do. We spend money in Facebook ads for DeerCast. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, for our Jury Outdoors' page. I mean, you know, so we're a customer. And uh, Alan here, our, our guy that works on all of our ads, he's put in so many tickets. They just don't reply to you. It's, no. <laughs> it's just like, eh, just ignore this. No, and, and, and this is a real example that we are not creating a boogeyman here. No. Because these people have actual influence. Uh, they can... Uh, submit ratings or reviews to our to our Facebook page, yeah. and that impacts our rating. Well, hell, we had nearly a perfect five rating out of five, and and now it's it's down to four seven, which I mean I, that's still high, I know, but like we had gotten hit with a bunch of reviews it has an and impact. and these these guys internally have have been staying on top of it and reporting them and 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 you know marking them as harassment, but it's not even relevant to our content. That's the part that sucks because. These are not, it's not our consumer. It's not who we're trying to talk to. And we take a pretty tasteful approach, I feel like, in everything we do on social media by design, you know, pretty down the middle vanilla type of Mm -hmm. uh, approach, something that you can be uh, respectful of the animals that we, you know, are are chasing. We try to have a good conversational, positive tone to our pages. We don't get down into the weeds. And so here you have, People jumping on that have no idea what you do. They don't. They don't understand hunting. They don't care to understand hunting. And here they're giving you one, you know, a one star review and writing the worst things in the world about you. So it's unfortunate. And that's you know the point of the podcast is like, hey, it is real. I mean, like you said, I think we make a lot of this stuff up to give ourselves fuel, mm-hmm. you know. But but when you do become, you know, when you do get under attack like this. You just realize, hey, this this is a real threat out there. There's a real threat. And you know, we don't have much say in, in in it. We don't have much way to fix the issue or to file complaints. We have a call today with uh, an ads person on Facebook, but even that, that's not 
probably going to go anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, we'll, we'll try our best. But what if doomsday scenario, what if they just shut you down because of so many complaints? And they could. It, it's, it's their rules. And, and, and Taylor's got a, a friend of hers that had like 60,000 followers and they shut her down because an anti-hunting group got a hold of her, complained so much, filed so many complaints yep. that the page just got totally shut down. And, you know, we've been working on our Facebook platform. I mean, it's a platform. It's a part of our business really mm-hmm. for over a decade. And we've stuck a lot of time, effort, money, sure. you know, into this thing, employees, you know, uh, and just to think like, Hey, it could go away tomorrow because somebody that, that has no idea what we do, you know, start filing complaints. That's kind of the reason why we built DeerCast. It really is. You know, we thought of this four years ago, three years ago. And that's why we thought we got to be able to control our own message, build our own platform and reach our own audience. And here's a perfect example. You know, I was telling dad about this cause I ended up, I was with him and the family at Lake those arcs over the weekend. Then we left big Cedar and went over to the lake mm-hmm. and, and it was the first he was hearing about it. And uh, he's like, man, we need to be singing this from the top of the mountains. You know, this is a guy that doesn't really use social media, but he's on DeerCast all the time, commenting and 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 posting and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, this is the reason. This is why we built it Case right here. Uh-huh. You know, you and I were in my office here the, uh, this morning and I was showing you how I couldn't share. I couldn't go view a YouTube video we put up of Joe Eichster's giant deer in Wisconsin. All awesome piece. And he shared it to his page, his face. Facebook page. So I went to click on it the other day mm-hmm. and it took me to a thing that says all my, my settings, I couldn't view it because it was Sensitive. deemed as yes, content that's not meant for every eye. Well, you saw me, I went and tried to fix every setting to fix that issue mm-hmm. and still couldn't see it. Yeah. it. And so these are real threats. It's not the boogeyman. This is real stuff. And these are real ways that, that showcase how our message our way of life is, is kind of being stomped on and uh, you know, deer cast is an answer for not, not to be pushy and salesy, but that's, that's the case in point right yeah, there. Yeah. And, and thanks for making that caveat. Cause I was like, Oh man, it kind of sounds like we're starting to get salesy about, well, deer cast, deer cast, deer cast. It's just reality. It, it, it is. And, and we were going back and forth via text last week. Like let's just cool off on posting across all channels for the Memorial day weekend. And so that's what we did with the exception of DeerCast. Like I felt good that we still had a connection to our audience and could still get content out to them yeah. despite uh, a, a blackout essentially on, on social. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a big deal for us. I mean, we post three to four times a day. We have a, you know, kind of a posting schedule. We have a team. I mean, this is a business for us in a lot of ways and it's business. yeah, business. Mm-hmm. And uh, we shut her down for the whole weekend, which is probably not, uh, timing wise for the social team was probably nice. Cause they actually maybe enjoyed their, <laughs> enjoyed their holiday weekend for one time in a decade. But <laughs> the reality of it was, Minus you, because you still had to post <laughs> in DeerCast. Tim's still slaving away in the salt mines of DeerCast. But, but you know, it, it, you're right. We still could get our message out. And that's the whole point. We were monitoring all of our other channels and even DeerCast. We were mo- monitoring just in case mm-hmm. they went to the next level. You know, knock on wood, it didn't happen, but it could have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and we have had people create accounts in DeerCast and post some things that they shouldn't. But but because those are directly our people, I get messages from folks that say, hey, 
you might want to look at this post because someone posted something that was weird, just not appropriate for our community. And so like we're policing ourselves, which is, which is a nice thing. Yeah. But, but this whole, this whole uh, saga to me illustrates the changing face of the anti-hunting movement. It's no longer people standing outside of your business with picket signs, uh, shouting people down. Yeah. They've taken, they've taken this message digitally and they have ways of influencing sponsors they have ways yeah. of shutting your voice for for as much as these people talk about freedom of speech and and being able to do whatever you want to do they sure have a problem with things that they disagree with well it's interesting because yeah i'm working on a a contract right now with a potential new partner and it, it'll be a fairly you know big big news when it happens and is it lando likes butter yes I love butter and uh, I just slap it on everything. I sunbathed with it the other day. No, that's why you smelled so good. Yeah. Like, like Kramer, like, muffins. like Kramer on right. Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. He's like making stew in his uh, jacuzzi or something. Yeah, so. in there. Anyhow, there was a clause in there that they, it was pretty standard for them. It was, uh, and we see this all the time. It was kind of the, the, if you do something stupid clause with the right to sure. just cancel the contract. Like a moral turpitude. It is. Yeah. And I, you know, I said, look guys, you know, I don't have a problem. First of all, it was about our whole team. I said, I'm, I'm not, you know, the, this happens every time, every contract. I'm like, all right, we're not doing that. I can only speak for Mark Terry Taylor and myself. And we know we're not doing something, you know, and, and the team, we have a zero tolerance policy. They shouldn't be doing anything, yeah. but I'm not going to put that in there. But what they wanted to say is, hey, okay, we'll take it as just the four of you. But if you get accused of anything, we have the right to cancel the contract. Oh boy, it's that's like, a man, wide open. It, it was a non-star. I said, that is no deal. We can't do this. I'm not going to do this because in this day and age, anybody can levy a, 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 a complaint or an accusation against you. I've got one coming against you for this whole butter conversation. Sexual harassment multiple times. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the gist of it is... I. You know, you could get totally hammered in the court of public opinion and really not have a say in anything yeah. and not be able to get your story out zero there. Zero proof to make zero it proof. I said, so I'm willing to put this clause in there as long as it says we're convicted of something, yeah. which I'm positive we won't be, you know, and knock on wood. I know there's mistakes that can be made and, and things that can happen, but I, I'm confident in saying, hey, we're out there trying to abide by every law and rule and regulation, but I sure as heck am not going to say, you know, yeah, if I get accused of something, you know. Yeah, that's just. It's, it's crazy. So it just goes to your point of there's other ways that people can attack you in this digital world. And we, we kind of see these shots across the bow mm-hmm. a lot. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and they probe, they probe for weakness. They probe for exposures and liabilities. And sometimes they, sometimes they hit something. Yeah. Um, and so I also think it, because we're in such an echo chamber society, we don't get out of our little circles and see what, and, and listen to what other people are saying, which is dangerous because if you don't know what the opposition is saying against you, you don't understand. Certainly. And they may actually be making valid points that, that you need to take to heart. Hey, look, I got a bunch of, you know, I w- went to Missouri State and in the production 
realm. There's a lot of um, left-leaning friends. I got no problem with that. I got a lot of friends that live out in LA and all over the, you know, New, New York, all over from college and, you know, hey, it's just part of it. But it is interesting to see it, you know, whether it was, I feel like I try to view a right down the middle and can see mm-hmm. both sides for what they are. And that they definitely have rose colored glasses on no matter which way they look at it. Cause when it was the Obama years, our side was screaming, you know, every time something he went golfing, we had a problem, but now every Thanks, time Trump Obama. goes golfing, they have a problem. You know, it's yeah. just, it's stupid. In a lot of cases it's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, they, everybody just sees it the way they want to see it. I get it. But I think there is something to be said there. Everybody's always like, eh, I just ban them. I don't want to ban them. I want to hear what they're saying. Sure. I want to see their point because how else? I mean, you were friends at one point for some reason. So mm-hmm. just because we've been so politically, you know, yeah, polarized, yeah, polarized, mm-hmm. going to change your opinion. It shouldn't. I mean, you know, you liked them at some one point for some reason, but it is interesting to see kind of the visceral, na- na- um, the visceral, Trying to think of what I'm trying to say here. Nature sounds like about the right word. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or reaction because people, yeah. people it's have more reaction. gut checks. It is more of a reaction and both sides have them in a very different way. And, um, and everyone thinks they are reasonable. Yeah. Otherwise they wouldn't think they would think something else. Yeah. And that's, so. that's kind of the. That's kind of the rub. Like everyone thinks that they're, I'm pretty middle of the road, pretty reasonable yeah. to see both sides. And yeah. We all have our own biases. Yeah, no doubt. So, so, so I, I I did spend a little time on PETA's website, and I'm not saying PETA coordinated this attack. This was an international seemed, attack. Yeah, it seemed different. Like I, I I felt like it was bot driven because the view count went up so high so quick, and you know there's bot forums out there that you know a bunch of cell phones lined up and they go after you or whatever. I mean the fake users, fake whatever. I mean that that stuff does exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like maybe that might be the case, but, but a lot of the comments and stuff would make you think otherwise, you know, the comments that we were getting. <laughs> so they're, bots, they're poorly programmed in English because, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the wording just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And a lot of them were, we had to, we had to translate to see what they were actually yeah. saying. Uh, but so I spent a little time on PETA's website, just looking around and, uh, and came across an article called nine things. No one told you about hunting. Okay, let's hear it. So they start out, and I'm not, I'm not going to read this whole article to everyone, uh, but the, the framing for this is they say, hunters make up many excuses to justify their pastime. However, cruel, unnecessary killing, which is what hunting is, has no justification. <laughs> so that's their frame. Okay. There's no hunting that is justifiable in their mind. Even though, quick insert, we just are going through meat shortages because of supply chain issues. And I think everybody realized it's actually got a point to it. Well, and, and th- some of them would probably say we shouldn't be eating meat at all. We should, well, yeah, we should be eating total plant-based vegan, protein. Yeah. Yeah, protein yeah. And uh, so their first point is real sports involve competition between consenting parties and don't end with the deliberate death of one unwilling participant. Well, that's their problem. They think it's a sport. For a lot of people, we don't view it as a sport. Yeah, and and that's that's one of the the points earlier I mentioned that I think there's some truth in what they're saying. I have tried very difficult, and, and I'm a writer, and so I write a lot of stuff about hunting. I have tried very intentionally to not use the word sport to describe yeah. hunting. 
It's really not. I mean, it's not a sport. Yeah. And, and we're uh, not athletes. That's for damn sure. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Um, but, but we call ourselves sportsmen and, uh, and it's a sporting goods department. So, so there's, I, I would like to see us do away with the term sporting for, or sportsmen, sportswomen for people that hunt and for the hunting lifestyle. Okay. So that one, I don't necessarily disagree with. Mm. I think they've, they've got some truth behind that. Other than it's not a sport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's not. Um, wildlife departments often cull majestic predators such as wolves, bears, and coyotes to prevent predation on elk, caribou, and deer so that hunters will have more animals to gun down. <laughs> well, part of that's kind of right. <laughs> Again, a little bit of truth yeah. there. The wildlife management does exist. Yeah. Um, and some of it has to do with providing enough game for people to hunt. But in turn, there's a lot of economic impact that comes from those hunting activities. Yeah. But there are a lot of hunters, uh, myself included, that kill does. They're, you know, I'm not putting a doe head on the wall for a trophy. You don't? Well, I thought I saw one on a skull hooker in here. <laughs> what is that, Tim? <laughs> Your deer's missing antlers. No, it's a doe. <laughs> Most of my bucks don't have antlers. It's weird. Uh, natural phenomena such as predator, starvation, uh, etc., kill primarily the sickest and weakest individuals. Hunters, on the other hand, strive to kill the larger, stronger animals because they want to hang their heads on the wall. <laughs> this weakens the remaining population. I think if anyone's interested in the genetic health of a pop of a of a wild animal population, it's hunters. Well, just and Deercast, somebody shared Cody West shared a viral video that's been going around of a guy that saved a, a fawn, you know, that was drowning. You know, that's yeah. it just we prove it time and time again. If anybody actually wants to listen, that the hunter is the best conservationist, more so than a bird watcher, more more so than anybody, because we put our money where our mouth is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that Taylor was that guy's name, if Taylor was a bloodthirsty, he uh, just held it down <laughs> or you want to go, go get a gun and shoot the thing while it's trying to swim in the water. It's just it's and you see countless videos of guys untangling deer from fences. So they or or untangling locked bucks yeah. in the fall. Um, at risk of your life. Yeah. In yeah, that really reality. Yeah. yeah. That. Um, most hunting occurs on private land where laws that protect wildlife are often ignored or difficult to enforce. <laughs> okay. I think our wildlife agencies would laugh at that one. They would. Yeah. Because they, can, they go anywhere, they can go anywhere they want to. They <laughs> don't, right. need, they don't need a warrant. They can just walk wherever they, they want to. And in, I don't. I don't know anyone that that, that flagrantly flaunts the, the wildlife code when they hunt. Other than a neighbor that we got somewhere, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he flaunts it pretty well, he's, <laughs> and he's probably not a hunter. He's probably a poacher. Yeah, yeah. Which which is a, which is an important distinction to make. Um, there's another point they make about when animals are killed, families are broken up. Here's a news flash: <laughs> Every buck you see out there is a deadbeat dad. <laughs> I like that. They love them and leave them. Yeah. So there's no. Well, even, even, I mean, we all know this, but even going further than that, the does kick out the, you know, the, the young, you know, button bucks and, you know. They, yeah. That happens pretty early on. Yeah. Does and, and, and the, the maternal Some hierarchy. deadbeat the, moms the, too. The, the, they'll stay together for a while. Sexist moms. But, <laughs> they only like the, the, the little girl though. <laughs> but the, yeah, it's like a reverse version of China. Yeah. Almost. Um, but game hunting seasons are typically set based on biological needs of the animals. 
You can't hunt coyotes for a few weeks here in Missouri while they're rearing their pups. Uh, even squirrels, like squirrels are off limits for a while in the spring while they're mating and rearing yeah. their, what do you call squirrel babies? Squirrels? <laughs> Squirrelets? <laughs> Chippendale? No, those chipmunks. Uh, <laughs> that's a dance club. Uh, hunted animals often don't die painlessly or quickly. Many animals must be shot multiple times. Okay. A British study found that some wounded deer suffered more than 15 minutes before dying. I don't want to make light of this, but duh. I mean, yeah, yeah, shot. The, yeah. And, and, oh. and some, some go faster than others. Yeah. Some, some are probably involved more pain than others. But when you see an animal die from old age, like a deer that has no teeth left in their head to chew or their hooves are rotting off, those are, those take a longer, longer period of time for an animal to die. Yeah. Uh, it's silly. <clears throat> um, Actually, they say that Matt Drury is the only PETA-endorsed hunter on their <laughs> roster of Because I'm hunters. such a crappy hunter. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but... I, I would beg to differ. I think you got to be like their biggest ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, so... Are we going here? <laughs> let's, as long as we're not talking about does, I would agree with that. <laughs> Kill a lot of does. They yeah. would not be happy with me as far as that goes. But 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 again, just a little look behind the scenes as to what, what is out there. Some of the things that you can do as a hunter, friggin' be nice to other hunters. I that's I think that's one of my mantras for for my life as as an apologist for the hunting experience. <laughs> I think it goes beyond that, even. I mean, to a non-hunter, you gotta be we say this all the time, and I start by saying this, try to represent re- represent not only you, but our sport. And a lot of people, I mean, I see questionable things out there, sport. you know, uh, <laughs> you got me. It, it, it's, it's, it's so in, in, in cul- inculcated. Into, well, I, you're going to have to explain that word. It's like taking an element and putting it into the culture of something. Yeah. Inculcated. Well, you know, it's so ingrained into it's a better word. What we do that it's hard to, you know, it's hard to kind of get out of those those ruts, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Yeah. But probably a good push for us to challenge ourselves and our language to be relevant. But, yeah, that's the point I was trying to get to. It's like, <clears throat> you know, you might think you're only speaking to your group of friends and they all think like you, but that's not always the case. Somebody that's a friend of yours that might have friends that aren't hunters that likes your you mm-hmm. know, comment yep. or your post that sees it shows up in their feed. There's all kinds of ways that can happen. So the, the point is try to represent not only you, but all of us in a light that is positive. Yeah. You know, cause, cause ultimately I think every time you see any de- depiction of hunting in, in mainstream Hollywood, Media, it's poorly represented. Flannel, beer, guts, <laughs> guts, uh, indiscriminate shooting, white trash. Yes, Hoosiers, mouth blah, breather. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, which I happen to be. Um, I I was just flipping through channels. Uh, what the, maybe Monday, and <clears throat> the movie Daddy's Home Two with Will Ferrell, and they made a sequel. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, Mel Gibson's in it, John Lithgow. It's it's pretty funny. Okay. But their little girl, that the, Mel Gibson's character, he's like a you know a, a veteran or something. Okay. He's he's a 
male chauvinistic, you know, pig basically. And he's hunting and guns. And so he convinces the little boy that he wants a gun for Christmas, a 20 gay chalk. He rattles something (coughs) off when he's sitting on Sam's lap. And then he's like, I don't want all all the parents are like, (gasps) you know, it's a shocking thing. And, you know, we, this is not how we raised them. And so the boy's like, yeah, I don't want that. And then all of a sudden the little girl's like, I want that. And she's excited. She wants to go hunting Mm -hmm. and she's a real pistol, this little character. So they take her turkey hunting. This is the absurdity of it. This is Christmas. They take her (laughs) turkey hunting with a shotgun. The old winter turkey season. And, and they had decoys out. They, there's like six of them. You know, people just walking towards a turkey. They see these turkeys over here. They're like stalking up the, on them. The little girl raises her gun <clears throat> and, you know, Mark Wahlberg like takes a push button. Yeah. Push. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like call, a call. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, and then the turkey starts running at these people. And so they're like, shoot it, shoot it. It's coming. Like it's an attack of this turkey <laughs> coming after him. Pretty and much like every hunting game, video she, game. Yeah. There. She gets excited. She ends up shooting Mel Gibson in the arm. And so they're That's all hilarious. huddled around Mel Gibson. And then the little girl picks the gun back up. She starts, the turkey's running off. She run, She's walking towards the turkey and she shoots two more times and kills the turkey. So then they go to the hospital and she's like, to the people at the front desk, she's like, I just shot, uh, I just shot a guy and a turkey. Guess which one died? <laughs> she, I mean, it was, heck. it was horrible. And I was like, man, you know, like this otherwise pretty funny movie. Like I love comedies. I'm like, man, this really kind of ruined got, it for me. Cause yeah. it made us look like idiots, you know, big time. And it was very inaccurate. Just when they started walking towards the turkeys, this pile of turkeys going to get them. in the winter, snow on the <laughs> ground with the shotgun and six people. I was like, oh. I thought you were going to say the line was, I just shot two turkeys. No, it was, I shot a man and a turkey. Guess which one died? <laughs> my, my, my biggest pet peeve, and I try not to be the, well, actually, guy, when you're watching yeah. a movie or a TV show and they, they bring in hunting or fishing, when they're fishing and they've got a spinning reel, the reel is always upside down. You know, that might be my, I could be that guy. (laughs) Don't do a lot of fishing. (laughs) You're doing it wrong, man. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm kidding, obviously. No, I mean, you would obviously hold your spinning, spinning reel the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Drives me nuts. But, uh, but yeah, so so I I don't want to belabor the point. I I I think we've made the point that anti-hunters are real. They're out there. They've gone digital. We have to be cognizant of our messaging we have to have ways around their blockades and deer cast is one of them. and for what it's worth they really did not like our facebook lives of all the turkeys we killed no this they didn't this year. the silver lining is we get to make a podcast episode out of this yeah. we got a few extra video views i've got my anti-hunting video on my youtube channel is probably going to hit a million views this coming yeah because it just keeps getting picked yeah. up it's stupid these people are barking like dogs in the woods to try to scare deer away from my hunting location. It's incredible. You should have said, people, I don't need any help. 
Right. I'm not going to kill anything anyways. You may help me here. <laughs> yeah, you're like you might push something my way. And you know, before that happened to me, I always kind of felt like the anti-hunters were the boogeyman that we created. I also. mean, yeah, that's like St. Louis County, right? But yeah, or? but they're right there. They they, they walk. They they must have called each other on the phone. Like, hey, it's just in a little like cul-de-sac. Let's all go out to the street and let's all start having a puppy party and barking like dogs and howling. Th- and- that would be the jerks in my neighborhood. I, I just know like listening, to, reading our Facebook neighborhood page. It's yeah. a joke. <laughs> like you just get an insight into mm-hmm. people. And one lady said that she saw a wolf run through shoot people Jeez. put your dogs inside i just saw a wolf it, it was a coyote yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have coyotes howling all the time out Th- there. that's the same person every snake they see is a copperhead yeah or a rattlesnake yeah. and it's like it's just you know we cool have deer and, and look i love seeing the deer walking through the neighborhood and eating in the backyards and all that stuff i mean i get a kick out of it too it's not like i have this bloodthirst to go hunt them because i see him <laughs> in the backyard <laughs> you know what i mean but like the mentality in general is like how could anybody want to kill these things <laughs> Like, let me show you. <laughs> I just keep quiet. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to change anyone's <laughs> minds. You know, Jared and Justin, we all live in there. It's like, let's well, just, you don't Bite see your us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell the lady that saw the wolf that she's an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not going to do. If we're good. seeing wolves in St. Louis, we got bigger problems. A, a carnival truck has, uh, has tipped over or something. <laughs> Um, well, how about we hop into uh, the question of the day? This is a gear-related question. All right, you gearheads. The question of the day is brought to you by RTP Outdoors, home of the groundbreaking, groundbreaker, three-in-one food plot implement. My name is Ron Sweet from Southwest Missouri, and I was wondering, in the broad world of broadheads and archery equipment, is there any kind of GPS tracking microchip that could be installed on a broadhead tip that comes off during impact phone and track your deer if you lose it. Thank you. It's an interesting question. And here in the last few years, you've seen a few little things pop up. You you had mentioned something that you knew of in relation to the broadhead. I knew something on in relation to the knock. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What was yours? Yeah. And, and so, so to answer the question broadly, I didn't find anything that was GPS that was based off GPS technology. Yeah. There's, there's radio frequency. Uh, so the, the pro tracker, and I don't know where this thing was. It was on wide open spaces, hosted the video, but it's essentially like a radio transmitting device that sits between your broadhead and the insert on your arrow. And it's, it looks kind of bulky. It looks like it's maybe three, four inches long. Yeah, and it's not round. It's kind of it's kind of rectangular ish, uh, and it, but it's got a large fish hook facing forward. It's a barbed fish hook, so when it hits the deer, that thing is sticking in the deer's hide, and and then you have a separate radio receiver device mm. that kind of like when they radio collar animals yeah. and they, they just kind of <laughs> ping them. They just get closer like a metal detector kind of thing. Yeah. So it looks a little unwieldy. It looks like it's still kind of in the early phases of development. Uh, but th- that, that was called the protractor. Yeah. There's something that Ralph and Vicky, uh, Ralph and Vicky. There's something that Ralph and Vicky have that they promote called bread the breadcrumb. Yeah. And it's something that I had, I had first took notice to probably two years ago. I think they, they started hitting the market pretty neat really. And it's a lighted knock and it goes, you know, obviously in the the end of your arrow and it, I guess that would be more GPS because it's, it's hooked to an app on your phone. I believe it is Bluetooth. Bluetooth. That's right. 
So, so it's got a range also. Yeah. I, I think the pro tracker said they, they would track up to a couple miles away. I would imagine the breadcrumb is a little, is, is not nearly as. Far. If it's Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. probably not. But it, it, you know, and it's not just for, it's not just, you could put it on your backpack or put it on your tree stand, just kind of help you find your way or, or whatnot, or find your way back to something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was interesting. I thought that right was interesting. The, 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 it, with any of this stuff, there's probably a lot of, you could poke a lot of holes through them. I mean, what if the arrow goes right through? What if, you know, yeah. if it runs out of range, what if, what if, what if, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of different things that, <laughs> that, that make it not a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. But it's definitely something people are working on. Yeah. And there's yeah, iterations. You know, I know a lot of guys that put um, GPS trackers in their uh, trail cameras Oh, in case they get yeah. stolen because they make them pretty small now. Devices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you pop them in case it gets stolen or whatever. I, I wonder if there's something, you know, they're getting smaller and smaller. If there was a way to, to, to do something with that, you know? Yeah. So really it's just a matter of time before we have a real workable solution. Although there are some out there on the market right now. It's just a matter of time as things get smaller and more technically advanced. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, how about we hop into the wildlife word? Let's do it. We need a sounder for that. Or like an echo voice. <laughs> is that what you had in mind? That's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. The wildlife word is brought to you by Lando Lakes Butter. If yeah, you yeah. need butter for your body or for <laughs> a bun. Lando butter Lakes. your bread. <laughs> <laughs> this week's wildlife word is epizootic. Is it that or is it epizootic? Well, it's I've heard people pronounce it differently. Um, I've always pronounced it epizootic, which means that's probably the right way to do it. Okay. Well, I'm well, definitely well, no learned doctor, so <laughs> I'm not going to go out on a limb here. But I have heard of the word a lot, unfortunately. Yep. And so it's a multiple choice this week. Okay. Okay. I mean... There's a lot of work that goes into preparing for these shows. Mm-hmm. And this is I just, do none of it. This I is just pound. <laughs> Matt rolls in. What are we doing this week? When you have this type of talent, I just, mean, you just sit down, you, Tim. You, you get a lot of trust that, <laughs> that stuff is put together. So epizootic. Is it A, a disease only occurring in zoos among captive animals? B, a tick that embeds itself deep beneath the skin of its host? C, a disease that is temporarily prevalent and widespread in an animal population. Or D, a zany movie starring Ben Stiller as a male model. C. That's right. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I'm going to call the day. (laughs) Yeah, people are probably most familiar with this as epizootic hemorrhagic disease, EHD. Yep. Uh, It means that it kind of comes in waves. And uh, and so, yeah, there's... uh, um, I, I, I may have mentioned this before, but if you like a lot of times you can break down words, you can figure out what they mean just by the different parts of epi and zootic. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, EHD is probably the best known, uh, version of any kind of epizootic disease among whitetails. And I think a lot of times people confuse it with blue tongue. Isn't it separate? Isn't that different? I think so. Technically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, CWD and EHD have been so top of mind for us. I haven't heard Blue Tongue mentioned in a little while, but I know people deal with it. Interestingly enough, at dad's place this past year, you know, he got hit with what we thought was EHD and the, um, I don't know if it was Dr. Grant Woods or who it was that told dad this, but a lot of dad's neighbors, their cattle got hit with it and, and they're like, oh, that's Blue Tongue. That's not EHD. The kids get blue tongue whenever we take them to the snow cone place. There you go. 
Eat a bomb pop. So, yeah. It's a real shame. <laughs> <laughs> so if folks want to be a part of the Dre Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. And who wouldn't? Why would you? <laughs> it's easy. Go to the website. We'll actually include. I realized last week I'm not including the link to take people to our website Stupid. where they can ask the question. <laughs> and we could really use some some new timely questions. We could use all the help we can get. Yes. So I will add that link in the show notes. I started last week. I will continue doing that. Go there, click the send voicemail tab, and then just leave your name, your location, and what question you have. If you want to make a great little noise to kind of kick yeah. off the, the, <laughs> the segment, feel free. If somebody does that, they're automatically Automatically in. in. Yep. It could be, I mean, maybe not even a question, just some kind of- Listen. I'm going to add one more point to this. When you leave us a voicemail, hit the ground running, hit the hole, as they say in football. <laughs> you have no time to suffer fools. <laughs> like, I don't want to listen to two minutes of pauses and stuttering. <laughs> Type it out if you got to. <laughs> Practice. And I, a lot of these, and sorry for making fun of people that try to help us out. <laughs> a lot of them, as I listen, I'm thinking of like, a terrorist video where they've got someone held hostage and someone's reading, <laughs> reading their ransom letter. Uh, and then somebody like verbatim. like pokes them with a knife and they stop, <laughs> just stop talking someone's for a while. The Kalashnikov off camera, like you better say these words, you better mean it. Yeah. So have fun with it. Let us know how we can help. This Try is to be a natural. fun podcast. <laughs> Not really and from Tim, but for me, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I have the, the, the truth and the veracity and the, I come with the non-facts. I'm very much fake news. <laughs> I just sit down. Well, I heard on the Dreary Outdoors 100% Wild podcast. <laughs> yeah, don't ever the- quote anything you've ever heard here. <laughs> Unless it's a story about Mark and Terry trying to climb up a tree to, you know, beat the crap out of each other. That that happened. But other than that... <laughs> That's kind of the fun of the show is you don't know what's true and what's yeah. just made up. Yeah. Mostly made up. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you everyone BS. for t- for tuning in. Tell your friends about the show. You can find it on DeerCast on YouTube, any place you can find uh, podcasts because we it's a video and it's an audio and sub- show. Subscribe to it, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> on the audio side and tell people, multiple people. We would love that. Bring a friend. The water's just fine. Yeah, yeah. They, if you bring a friend, they get in free. There you go. All right, let's All shut right. this thing down. All right. Thanks for so, watching, everyone. Till next time. Stay off Facebook. Ha <laughs> ha.